My name is John Cullen, and I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and curling. It's the story of Broomgate, how a single broom, yes, a broom, turned friends into foes and almost killed the 500-year-old sport of curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now. This is a CBC Podcast. Paul Simon's new album is almost nothing like we've ever heard from him before. Paul's 81 now, and he's composed a 33-minute song suite called Seven Psalms with lyrics that came to him in a dream that woke him up in the middle of the night. I sat down with Paul Simon, and you're about to hear one of the greatest songwriters of our time reflecting on faith, belief, life, and what comes after. A rare and exclusive conversation with Paul Simon coming up. I'm Tom Power. You are listening to Q. So yeah, this is exciting. Paul Simon, one of the most significant songwriters of our time. And whether you're talking about the early days in the 60s with Simon and Garfunkel, or like the massive impact he had as a solo artist, like me and Julio down by the schoolyard, still crazy after all these years, or this one. You just slip out the back, Jack, make a new plan, stand. You don't need to be coy, Roy, just get yourself free. Hop on the bus, Here's the thing. Paul Simon released his 15th solo record this year. It's a it's a little little different than what you just heard, both in sound and in inspiration. The record is just one long piece. It's a 33-minute song cycle called Seven Psalms. And Paul says he wants you to listen to the whole thing in one sitting. And the whole idea for this music came to Paul Simon in a dream. It woke him up in the middle of the night. And he'll tell you the more like he tinkered with that dream, the more he tried to compose around the dream, the worse the music got. He had to trust whoever or whatever was speaking to him through his subconscious. So there's a new documentary uh, about this record, and I'll tell you about that a little bit later. But that put us in mind of a conversation we got to have with Paul just a few months ago, and it felt like a good moment to replay it for you. I was lucky enough to be invited down by Paul to his, I mean, well, I thought it was a ranch. I called it a ranch just outside of Austin, Texas. Here's some of my conversation with Paul Simon. So people who are listening to this, I'm in in your ranch in Texas in this beautiful, small gorgeous sort of studio. This yeah. seems to be a, a nice place for you. This feels like an important yeah, place Yeah, I mean, it's a, it could be misleading to call it a ranch. You know, <laughs> I'm uh, Canadian. It's, it's a, a little, with the little old farmhouse here. There's no, it's not like I have cattle or anything on mm-hmm. here. It's just uh, deer roam the property or such. Um, but yeah, it's very uh, serene here. Uh, I have a, this little place that we're in is a studio and a, I I did a lot of uh, the Seven Psalms record here. I yeah. did the vocals and play guitar here, and um, so it's a it's a really uh, it's a very comfortable place to be. Idyllic. Can you tell me about the Seven Psalms? Like, so I, I want to talk. I love the record, by the way. I'm glad. I've been thinking about the great migration. Noon and night they leave the flock. And I imagine their destination Meadow grass, jagged rock I love how it sounds. I love, I love how it made me think about life. 
I love how it made me think about death. I love how it made me think about love. I love it harmonically. I loved it melodically. Can you tell me the story or tell us the story of the dreams you had that inspired yeah. this record? Well, uh, I had a dream on January 15th, 2019. The dream said you're working on or you're supposed to work on a piece called Seven Psalms. And it was, it was strong enough that I actually got up and wrote, wrote it down in the middle of the night. So the next day I, I, I thought, you know, I don't, I'm not even sure what a psalm is. I'll look it up in the dictionary. I mean, of course I knew the word, but, but exactly, I didn't know exactly. And the psalms in the Bible, I thought, well, I'm not going to be writing. I don't know how to write this. I won't be writing this. In fact, I don't, know, I don't know how to even begin with this record. But then I thought, well, it wasn't my idea anyway. So there's nothing to do but wait, you know. And I began to write guitar pieces. And uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe it was after a year, maybe a year and a half, I started to dream words. You started to, what does that mean, I started to dream words? What it means is... Maybe three times a week, I would wake up between the hour of 3 a.m. and 5 a.m. with words coming. And I would just write them down. If I said, oh, that's, a, that's interesting, I guess I could write something afterwards. Everything shut off. So if you try to use it as a jumping off point to write something else... As if I used my, if I used my experience as a songwriter, yeah, it didn't work, and I just went back into this pa- passive state where I said, "Well, it's just one of those things where uh, where it's f- flowing through me, and I'm just taking dictation." That's happened to me in the past, but not. To this degree. Other songs have come like that, kind of? I wouldn't say entire songs, no. Lines of but songs. But lines, yeah. Uh, I've dreamed things in the past. I didn't necessarily think that they were worth noting. That's why it's unusual that I got up and wrote that down. And then the words started to be... They started to flow at a, at a, at a pace that was was comfortable and I thought this is really fun I'm not I'm really not working at all Uh, it's just like a kind of a gift good morning Mr. Indignation looks like you haven't slept all night in my professional opinion and then my hearing started to go. And I, lo- I started to gradually at first and then more rapidly lose all the hearing in my left ear. So while these, while these words were starting to sort of flow through you, through the dreams, you were getting up, you were writing them, they were kind of just coming out of you, you weren't questioning them too much. Yeah. At the same time that that was happening, 
you started to lose your, it's your left ear, right? Yeah. You started to lose your hearing pretty, profi- pretty profoundly. Yeah. Jeez. Terrifying, Paul. I must, for someone who's been making music for this long, it must be a bit terrifying. Um, yeah, you could say it was, I would say it was terrifying, but, uh, but at first I was, I just took it as a, a real annoyance. I, th- I didn't think it was permanent. Yeah. I didn't know why this was happening. And that went on for a while. I was still writing. I was still able to do... It wasn't interfering with my, uh, my work on the Seven Psalms. Well, it was, but it was more like this is an annoyance. And then I started to think, well, all of these guitar pieces and whatever came out of dreams and whatever then came from me, I, and I thought, this is so easy, this is so much fun, and now this is a real interruption, and I'm, and I'm you know, angry and annoyed. Then I started to think, you know, maybe that's the wrong idea, and maybe this is another piece of information that I should incorporate somehow into the making of this. Maybe it's not just so easy. Something hard is now happening. There was meaning that something hard was happening. Could be. Yeah. I, I, I thought it's possible that this is a piece of information that's that will be of value to the, this creation. Go carry my grievances down to the shore. Wash them away in the tumbling tide. And um, so I finished the finished the piece. And by then, the, the, I had pretty much lost, uh, lost, my, lost my hearing in there. It's, uh, it's a disability, yeah. but it's not, uh, it, it's, not, it's not the end of the problem. Will <laughs> it preclude you from playing live again? Uh, at, as where I'm at right now, I can't play live. Uh-huh. Uh, I haven't given up. They say the brain figures out a way to compensate for this stuff. Yeah. Hasn't happened yet, but it might. Yeah. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. The content of the songs um, caught me off guard. And it feels funny to be sitting down saying this to you, Paul, but I'll say it anyway. It's you wrestling with mortality, with death. That's what it sounds like to me. The first one, let's just talk about the first, the first mm-hmm. one. The Lord is my engineer. The Lord is the earth I ran on. The Lord is the face in the atmosphere The path I slip and I slide on the, the, You're wrestling with belief, 
belief. A conversation with belief, whether it be religious belief, whether belief in something bigger than yourself. That's that. Talk to me a little bit about that. I think that's closer to a description that I would agree with than the question of mortality. Oh yeah. Yes, the mortality is in there. Certainly, in the last piece. Wait, I'm not ready. I'm just packing my gear. Wait, but the last piece, wait,、uh, that was written. I think it was written last. So. When I got up to the point where I wrote, was writing a song that was about that subject, I had a reason for having that subject be the conclusion of the album. It's it felt like this is a, a final statement after all of this other exploration of belief, disbelief, whatever, whatever it is that、uh, seemed to be on my mind and. In my subconscious, but it also starts off, I think, with a thing. I've been thinking about the Great Migration. Yeah. I've been thinking about the Great Migration. One by one, they leave the flock. Noon and night, they leave the flock. That's because,、um, uh, yeah, at this age, there are you know fr- friends who who die, and when it happens. You do. You really. You do think about it.、Uh, I don't find that it's a an insistent thought in my life. I don't feel like it's imminent or anything. Although I had a, I did have a really nasty case of COVID. Did you? Yeah. In a, in a early April. Really. I was really really sick. Were, were you worried about? I wasn't worried. No, it's interesting. No, I wasn't worried, but I recognized. Oh yeah, I can see a chain of events that would put me here. Yeah. You know, but I wasn't. Now you're just you know you feel too miserable to be worried. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. 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 So okay, anyway, the yeah, mortality、uh, is not is not nearly the question of. Embracing the idea of God, or an, any other word you want to choose for God, that question is a tough question to to think about, and is also as a writer、uh, about it. I often thought, can I? Should I say this? It's almost it's almost awkward to say. Well, I've been. Thinking about this big subject, awkward to think to, to say that you've been thinking about existential yeah, ideas it, of belief, whether there's a greater power than us, where God is, if God does exist. Yeah, aw- aw- awkward to write it in a song and say, "Here's my opinion," because I could I could also say, "I'm not really sure what my opinion of my opinion is." Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. But I put it, I put it out there because it was, it was an honest expression of how I was feeling. I lived a life of pleasant sorrows until the real deal came. 
I, the awkwardness is, I didn't know whether my honesty was really honest enough. <laughs> I didn't know whether my honesty was really honest enough. I don't know what you mean. When you get into quest, really big questions, questions that are bigger than your capacity to understand, yeah. then the thing that's always in your head is, in order to say anything, you have to somehow keep saying, you know, I really don't understand what I'm saying. Uh, I feel it, but I... I don't know how, I didn't know how a listener would, would take what I did. Because I don't know your religious inclination. I and have none. No? No, I'm not religious. Who do you think was giving you the Psalms? Who do you think that was? Oh, I don't, I have no idea. I don't, you haven't thought about I wouldn't, it? I wouldn't have even said it was a who. Who do I think? I think it was I. It was I. I think this is within all of us to grapple with with the with these questions uh, and since I express myself more easily through music than I do through any other medium that's how I'm addressing these these issues which are hard to hard to define did you come close to any answers? I don't know. I don't know if I came close. But what do you think? The, the parts of the uh, album that are, or the song suite that are sticking out to me in this moment are, you know, the Lord is... Uh, now I'm going to quote your lyrics back to you. The Lord is a virgin forest. And the Lord is a virgin forest. So the Lord is within nature and within the, the world around us. The Lord is the the Lord is a forest ranger. The Lord is a forest ranger. The kindness and generosity that's empowered in us to look after. Look at me explaining your lyrics back to you. Look after you know. The Lord is also the COVID virus, something that I just found out you were afflicted by. Right. Um, the the Lord is at the rising sea level. So. COVID virus is the Lord. The Lord is the ocean rising. So. If, if God can be both nature, if God can be our kindness and generosity, if God is everywhere, well, then isn't God also in the bad stuff too? Right. I think yes. That's what I mean by did you get any close to any answers? I, was, I wasn't well, asking you what the meaning of life is. You know, but I'd no, love to know. I, you know, I, I didn't ask the question, if you think that there is a God, where where is he? And I, I didn't then say, my answer is everywhere. His, uh, the Lord is uh, my engineer. The Lord is the earth I ride on. The Lord is the virgin forest. He's also the caretaker. He's also the forest ranger. He's also the Lord is, a vir- Lord is the, COVID vi- the COVID virus is the Lord. The Lord is the oceans rising. The Lord is a terrible swift sword, which is a line from the Battle Hymn of the Republic, mm-hmm. the American. Mm-hmm. So the, ba- the Battle Hymn of the Republic. We're, we're in a, we happen to be in a battle right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that answers that question, but, but I didn't pose that question to myself and then answer it. 
What did you do? I didn't do anything. It's just the, this. This is this is what came out. And when when things came out, I said, as I always do, well, do do I believe that? Did I just say something that I that I that I think is a fair expression of what I feel? And if I said, yeah, I do. I I believe that. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but it, yeah. If I have to express myself, I'll 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 do it that way, and uh, I can I can live with that, you know. I never get to say it perfectly, uh, but it's a, it's a pretty good try, and I'll leave that there and move on to the next line. That's kind of been the that's kind of how it's always been for you. Yeah, that's the way it's always been. Yeah, what's the line? Um, Losing love is like a window to your heart. That's like that's that's as close as you can get to. Uh-huh. That was true. Yeah. She said, "Losing love is like a window in your heart." That's me. Yeah, that's, that's what my... I say. Well, that's true. I think that's true. For that's me. maybe my favorite line of yours, by the way. That's one of mine too. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for saying so. Yeah, I like that that's one. A lot. The... Yeah, that's the key line in Graceland. Yeah, it's it's. I understand what you mean now. That's as honest and true. Who knows whether we should write it down on a tablet, right? Or whether we should put it in a history book. But in terms uh, of the way, especially you, since you're offering you're offering to the world an insight into what you think so you're very vulnerable then because the world will give will will make a comment back about how you think and it can sometimes be you know cruel you mean that when uh, because you became very well known for these these songs um like you're right i mean i i would take that losing love is like winter to your heart i would think deeply about that and i would think about a philosophy based on what you said you know or especially if you go back to some of those early songs because you say it people take it very seriously they treat you like a philosopher they treat you like a someone like a politician i mean isn't that a line in one of the in one of the songs as well i'm not a doctor or a preacher yeah i'm not a doctor or a preacher isn't that kind of what you're saying there? That's true. I mean, as I, you know, there, there's a cert, at a certain point when you're making things up, you have to stop editing and thinking about what you're thinking and say, it's just a song, you know, it's a song. And there's, aside from what I'm saying lyrically, there's what I'm saying musically. And the combination of that is saying something that's not it's ineffable. It's not. You can't really. You can't really get a hold of it or pin it down. It's. 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 It's elusive, and that's sort of what's. What's pleasurable about it when it's right, and then the listener takes it in. And as I've thought for a long, long time, the listener completes the song. The listener and completes the song. The listener completes the song. Yeah. Not, not the songwriter. The listener hears it and says, oh, that means, that's about this. Yeah. That means this to me. And the listener quite often changes the lyrics. You know, it's like, it's, it's happened to me many times in my life where people said, I love this line that you said. And then they tell me the line and it's changed. A sail on Silver Bird is one I hear a lot. 
Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. That's right. And they think it's about ecology. They think it's about... No, you know, yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. I, I can, you know, I have also often heard people's interpretation of what I wrote that is more interesting than what I thought it meant. The songs are saturated with enough ambiguity that they would allow for other interpretations that could be more powerful or insightful than what I thought at the time. That can, that can happen, and it's true. You're, more, you're, you're comfortable with that? Absolutely. I think it's kind of interesting to hear, to hear what your song is through somebody else's ears. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Sail on silver girl. All right, that is it for the show today. Um, thanks a lot for streaming or, or downloading or however you got this. Uh, the other episode we have up today, thanks for listening to the Paul Simon one. That whole thing's on YouTube, by the way, on the YouTube, so you're going to go check that out. Uh, the other episode we put up today is, um, well, I've been waiting for Dune to come out for a while. Dune 2, like I really enjoyed the the first Dune. It was like, do you know the story of Dune? It's a sci-fi novel that people said was unfilmable, but then Denis Villeneuve, his Canadian, pulled it off and made like this beautiful, critically acclaimed and like massive audience version of Dune. So while we're waiting for Dune 2 to come out, it's been delayed by the by the strike. We thought we'd revisit our conversation with Denis, and you can find that on our podcast feed, really wherever you got this podcast. All right, we'll see you soon. Later on. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.